Now to growing concerns about you must stay at home. Total cases in the U.S. now top 8.4 million. The new variant of coronavirus is out of control. I hate you, 2020! Well, that was a pile of crap, I know. However, we did see some amazing tech companies emerge from the crisis. And this podcast is me going around the world talking to founders of these companies. And some of these founder stories are absolutely amazing and can't wait to share them with you. So, from San Francisco to Sydney, my name's Ben Kenwright, introducing the 2020 Entrepreneurs Club podcast. Okay, so keeping it moving, next up we have a Mr. Christian Facey, who is the founder and CEO at AudioMob. And AudioMob, to read their official strap line, are the world's first audio advertising solution for the mobile gaming sector and uh, Christian is about to do an amazing job of telling us all about it so without further ado let's welcome Christian Facey of AudioMob. Uh, welcome Christian. Thanks for having me Ben. Whereabouts in the world are you today? So I'm currently in East London, a place called City Island next to Canary Wharf uh, and our office when we uh, were allowed to go there uh, was based in uh, Google Campus in uh, Old Street Shoreditch. Yeah, which just sounds like the coolest place on earth. So we'll uh, m- more on that in a second. Uh, so Audio Mob, uh, it's a great brand, by the way, um, and it's also such a simple solution. It's kind of like, ah, why didn't I think of that? Um, and you are a 2020 entrepreneur. So welcome to the club. Uh, so back to January 2020, when you've kicked things off. Let's talk through the catalyst, the people, and how this idea was formed and came about and what happened specifically January, February when you're getting things off the ground? Uh, the, the catalyst and I guess the backstory as to how this uh, came about, um, and the short background on myself actually, um, used to work at Google, managed $100 million a year for them as a strategist, advertising expert on their products, crossed over to Facebook to become a science partner. So this is measuring the true value of ads and how they influence people getting to buy things. It's a very data-driven kind of role using Facebook's um, measurement technology. And outside of work, I've always developed my own video games. Uh, I love um, console gaming, Call of Duty, Fortnite, etc. And I wanted to do something more productive, so I started uh, making my mobile games. And since I was I think 14, 15, I've always developed my own music as well because I love chilled out hip hop and jazz music. Some of you know it as a lo-fi music. So I started streaming my own music into my mobile games as a, as, as a hobby. And that soon turns to audio ads uh, when we realized that there was an opportunity to stream ads non-intrusively as a whole new advertising medium. And uh, when we got that spark of the idea, me and my co-founder, uh, we, we ended up leaving our companies, raising a bit of money and then really you know, going at it, trying to you know, scale a, a tech startup. So that was kind of the, the catalyst. Like I always thought I was going to make a, a gaming studio, then I uncovered a new advertising medium and raised money around it. So that, that was kind of the, uh, the, the early stage story. And in January, you know, we're a budding startup, very excited going out into, into, the, into the market, uh, had a, a tiny bit of money. Uh, we always knew we were going to raise again in the future. And we had very, very spe- specific um, a specific way that we were going to spend that money uh, in order to scale the company. Yeah, so hold and, that uh, thought because because you're ruining yeah. my next question. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So you'd raised money prior to January 2020. Uh, yeah, we raised raised a little bit of money. Yeah. Okay. Can you say the amount? Oh yeah. Uh, so it was uh, just around a million dollars or so. Okay. So some a nice um, amount of seed money. 
How did you raise that? Was that via a conventional route or something more scrappy? So, so a lot of that was around um, networking, to be honest, networking with uh, a lot of different um, you know, VCs, uh, making sure that you knew how to sell the vision and the story. So a lot of it was meeting, um, yeah, a lot of different uh, uh, VCs. And I say, well, I say raised, um, that like, the official raise uh, or the, the close of the funding happened a little, a little later, but, you know, contractually, we, we were pretty much done um, uh, by January. Okay, so we've got a million quid in the bank. It's February 2020, and then uh, some weird news starts to come about. And uh, then COVID hits and the whole world is like, fuck, what's your initial thoughts for the business and this money in the bank and the plan that you had on the table? The first thought I had was, I need to raise more money. <laughs> so okay. Because <laughs> um, I'm always thinking in three different time zones, right? So there's like immediately what's going to happen this quarter what's going to happen um, in the next half, so within that year, and then there's what's going to happen two, three years down the line. And I know that if uh, you know, the advertising market, which is clearly going to take a hit if people are losing jobs, staying at home, spending less money, uh, if it's going to take us six months to get to you know, our first you know, quarter of revenue or whatever because of COVID, then I'm going to need that six months later to raise more money down the line. So that was the first thing. The second thing was, okay, there's always a silver lining. And I, I, had, I had a feeling it will be something to do with gaming because if people are inside more, people are just going to game more anyway. So I was thinking, is there a way that we can uh, leverage this and orient our, co our company, not just around you know, avoiding the, um, the, the mishaps of advertising spend going down because we're an advertising company, but what can we do to benefit from the increase in um, in the, in the mobile gaming space, amount of user sessions, amount of games being released, things like that. So you saw it pretty early on that this potentially was going to be beneficial to you guys. Yeah, I mean, as I, was, I had I had a hunch that we could do something with gaming, and I wasn't quite sure uh, what. And then um, uh, Michael Sackler, so he's the partner of our lead investor at Superno Global, hmm. sent us this report, and he's like, I, I really think that there, there could actually be, uh, like, despite the terrible situation, there actually could be a benefit to part of your business. And he sent us a, a gaming report which confirmed all of my assumptions. And then from that, I used that as a basis to uh, really orient what parts of the gaming industry to research so that we could better use our, uh, our investment. Yeah, and it goes to show how a good network of investors um, is so important because they can provide the, the sanity checks, the analytics, the guidance, the wisdom in situations like this. Um, yeah, and it's absolutely. good that you had that foresight straight away. The reason I asked the question, because looking back on a lot of technology companies that have done well in, in 2020 and, and obviously into 2021 now, um, it seemed obvious that gaming would kick off. You know, I, I worked before I started Bub, we were an automation company and we had an amazing year. And looking back, it seemed obvious that automation would kick off because people are stuck at home. They're going to need to automate business processes. And then when they finish work, they're going to be on their mobile phone playing a game, right? But I remember when COVID hit, it was such a raw, brutal impact that a lot of people lost all logic and you can't blame them. But it was just that panic moment of, shit, we've just started a company. Are we going to be okay? You know, the world, we've never seen this before. Uh, you know, it, some people struggle to actually see through it and think, actually, well, what's going to happen now? People are going to be at home. So therefore, this will happen, that will happen, and it could benefit this area. Um, so it's good that, that you saw that. Uh, early on 
So we're thrust into this, you know, post-March situation and lockdowns and you're trying to scale a business, scale a team. Talk us through the next few months of, of that journey and, and the challenges and, and the, the pivoting that, that you've mentioned. The first thing we did was we're thinking, okay, so we're about to launch uh, some of our, uh, our test games into the market to see, you know, what the market was saying in terms of advertising spend. And, um, you know, when it got to March and we were doing tests and we were realizing that no advertisers were spending. If the advertiser doesn't spend, then the game developer is um, uh, less likely to implement us into more games until the advertiser comes back. So it's like a chicken and egg situation. So we're like, okay, we need to figure out how to control uh, both sides of the coin as much as possible. We need to make sure that we've got um, as much gaming supply and as much demand. And how can we influence both sides of the coin? And what that, what that means without getting too technical is uh, we need to control what you control, right? And sometimes that takes money. You might need to you know, invest heavily in your R&D or you may need to invest more in a sales team. And what we decided to do, and I remember um, there was an education piece as well because you know we're in the most challenging economic conditions of the last hundred years, literally. So you know I was going to talks and I was reading and I was trying to figure out, okay, like where's the next element of growth going to come from? Um, and one of the co-founders of um, PayPal, um, uh, I was on a, in like a private forum as part of this uh, entrepreneurial network, and um, he mentioned that you know the founders that are capable of getting to a billion dollars like making a unicorn, they prepare for times like this. And uh, the, the, despite the times, you know, it's unacceptable if, uh, if, uh, if, uh, if a founder uh, doesn't prepare for the worst times, the founder should always be thinking about these kinds of things. And when you're in economically challenging conditions, double down on your investment. You know, if sales aren't coming in, double down on your product, make sure that you've got something robust so that when you come out the other side, you're stronger. And um, this is exactly what we did, to be honest. We uh, doubled down on the R&D on our, um, our Unity plugin, knowing that eventually the advertisers will come back around as the game industry was accelerating. And we brought forward the launch of our, um, our advertising platform. So rather than us providing the game developers with the technology so they can monetize their game, we also wanted to provide a advertising platform where we integrate with um, large gaming networks, so to speak, so that we would directly be in control of where we're getting the advertising demand from. So it was like approaching the market, not as a provider of gaming supply to the advertisers, we approached from the other way, where we are the, we essentially become the sales guys and we, uh, we monetize the gaming inventory ourselves. So that's like a simple way of, um, of, of, uh, of explaining it. Um, and if I was going to put it into a sentence, we invested in our technology so we could diversify revenue because we were just concentrating on one source. And we knew that there was another source we can go after like in a year's time. And we brought that forward of our investment. And the result of that is we're actually able to scale revenue despite COVID creating lots of uncertainty in the advertising market still. Yeah, and it's very clever because at the start of the conversation when we're talking about gaming and, and it, you know, being obvious in hindsight that it would, well, hindsight for some, foresight for others, but the gaming would be booming. Uh, one thing that was in disarray was the advertisers. You know, if you were used to seeing Virgin Airways advertising mid-game, they certainly weren't doing that in 2020. So the fact that you managed to flip that revenue model on its head is, is very smart, I must say. Um, so... Thanks. 
how's the team at the moment? How, how many of you are there? Eight employees, uh, four uh, consultants or contractors. Um, and yeah, the team has been, has been growing uh, because, well, when you build a product and you get extra traction, you need extra uh, 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 people on deck, right? <laughs> to, to you know, sell the product, build the product, etc. And you know, I was getting to the point, and it was a good sign that um, there, there's a lot of industry buzz around what we're what we're doing because we're the only company to provide audio ads in mobile games. It, <laughs> it's well, such yeah, a simple, I mean, it, obvious, um, genius idea. You must have had a lot of the um, the bigger guys in uh, you know in in in-game advertising thinking shit. Why didn't we do that? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's a very interesting um, thing where, you know, it's an obvious idea. And literally, the most skilled gaming, monet, monetize, gaming monetization experts in the world, they would say, you know, oh, how could I have not thought of this idea before? And there are so many reasons as to, and it's on our blog, as to why this didn't exist. And it's, without getting too technical, it's all to do with understanding the audio state of a mobile, which is a very technical thing to do. And then how every single participant in that value chain interprets that data. There's issues across the whole chain to the point where the way that audio advertisers buy their inventory and the way that video advertisers buy their inventory, it's completely different from a technical uh, perspective, as well as a sales one. And uh, yeah, the value we bring is that we figured out how to combine the two um, efficiently. Uh, yeah. So they're almost tribal. It's like audio mob versus video mob. You're gonna have a, a standoff one day. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. Like, um, and again, like all part of the pivot was a learning because we were we were thinking that like, it's non-intrusive. People don't like video, which is still true. Maybe we should go directly against video. But to be honest, we can um, we can coexist with video so we're not just an alternative because if you've got someone playing the game and then they die then there's a video ad they get blocked they get annoyed they go and play another game or they just wait for the video but our audio ads can appear during the gameplay so it's not like the developer can has to you know switch out their video ad solution for audio mob it can work side by side and um i think that's one of the nice things because we aren't we aren't even, we're not really competing with anyone because we're the only people doing what we do. Um, and, and, that, and that was a really important uh, discovery that we made when we, when we launched. Sure. So it sounds like you've, you've navigated and, and uh, pivoted and really nimbly um, come through the whole COVID situation so far. I, I keep talking about it as though it's, it's over, but it's not quite. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you've really done well to, to pivot and, and be nimble on your feet coming through the situation. Um, and essentially you've capitalized on, on a few of the moments there and, and they would be silver linings in a commercial sense. But looking at the human sense throughout the, the last 12 months, what kind of silver linings have come about that you would never have thought of had someone described this scenario to you? That's a good question. Um, on, one, on one side of the coin, so strictly you know, commercially speaking, um, the fact that the technology space can operate in the way that it's operating right now is kind of amazing. You know, like literally closing deals worth hundreds of thousands of pounds in investment without meeting the person like that. That was completely alien. Like I was actually in January, I was thinking, OK, 
okay and we'll have to fly to the US and stay there for three months and close these deals. But now, you know, it's like the, it's like the world has gotten used to um, doing these deals and accepting the building of a relationship completely online. And I, I, I haven't even really had the chance to reflect it because no one's actually asked me this. But um, it, is, it is kind of amazing if you think about it, considering the amount of face-to-face relationship building you would need to close these deals in the, uh, I guess you can say, the old world. And now I'm thinking that, you know, now that people know that this is possible, uh, the future is going to be very interesting. On the uh, team building side of things as well, I would say, yeah, it's it's really interesting that people are used to working with each other um, coherently. Um, You know, it's, and again, I have to thank you know video technology like hangouts and zoom and things like that uh, that, that, that make this possible it's now much easier to to, to work with each other um, and even build relationships like you know i have gaming sessions every other friday we play among us with the employees and it's like really really fun um all, all these all these different things are online it's definitely made human interaction much more uh, manageable rather than artificial like people are actually getting to know each other but on the flip side of things, because it's not obviously not all uh, roses. I mean, you know, COVID. Everyone knows someone that's been affected by COVID or even lost someone, right? It's 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 rampant. And um, preparing for uh, an extended lockdown, like um, I'm, I'm prepared to you know go back out into the world into an office and get the team to meet each other. But we're prepared for the other aspect, which is an extended lockdown or a new strain or something like that. I am. I am always thinking. You know, how is lockdown affecting people? Because we, we're, you know, we're in our second year now. And while the team, um, you know, is completely fine, uh, I've been you know, talking to HR experts, and because there's no playbook on scaling a billion-dollar company purely remotely, right? Um, I've been talking to HR experts and consultants, and thinking, you know, um, increasing the amount of uh, in, uh, uh, mental well-being support. Uh, even more than a startup typically uh, typically would invest in at this point. Um, these these are the kind of things, uh, whether it's you know, helping employees in the current state or uh, you know preventing you know increased levels of stress due to the lack of contact. Because um, from what I've been reading up, it does creep up on you, so it's very important to kind of preempt it before uh, we get to a, a critical point. Absolutely. There's a lot of double-edged swords. My biggest silver line is I've never had so much time to spend with my laptop creating stuff. And yeah, yeah. I'm not spending any money either. That really helps when you're a bootstrapping startup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got no weddings and no no like expensive commitments. Um, although, <laughs> you know, they're all to come, I'm sure. Uh, but at the same time, I can work 16 hours without noticing. I wouldn't be able to do that going into the office because there's breaks, right? I'm on the tube or I'm eating, or I'm talking to someone and it's really unhealthy. And I, I found myself, uh, you know, kind of semi burning out. I'd wake up in the middle of the night. It's like my brain hasn't stopped going. Um, and, you know, so there's a double edged sword in that. And also with the fact that we can communicate so easily with each other. Um, it's and we're trying to humanize this digitized engagement more. But then are we presuming that someone's okay because they're smiling down the Zoom? Whereas if they were in person, would we have that human intuition that would see that they're not, you know? So there's all of these, you know, positives and negatives uh, of it. Uh, Mm. And even down to, you know, you're talking about investor relations. I think you're probably doing more diligence 
on both sides of the coin when it comes to securing investment because you can't look someone in the eye physically and shake their hand and have that gut instinct. But sometimes gut instincts are wrong and they will take you away from doing that due diligence. So I think there's a positive there that you would really do your homework on someone if you're only meeting them over a video call. But at the same time, the negative is that maybe you should have actually shook them by the hand and, and, and looked them in the eye menacingly before accepting the money or giving money away. But I mean, the, the main thing is this isn't forever. So we've got through this period, we've mastered how to work remotely and digitally and try and keep everyone's well-being and spirits up. And it, it won't be long, I hope. Um, so tell me about Google Campus, because I know what it is. But until today, I didn't really know what was in it. And basically what I want to ask you is, am I too old? And that's why I don't know. No, I mean, it's, it's, well, it's a well-hidden-away office. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the, the Google campus is a pretty amazing space. I'm not sure if anyone's you know, been to Google, Facebook, or uh, watched the film The Internship. The offices are pretty much uh, uh, the same as the Google office. But I've seen that. I'm like the old guy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, the, the offices are really, really nice. I mean, they provide you a professional event space. There's a broadcasting a system there that uh, like a string to YouTube. Uh, there's a professional uh, podcasting space, really nice office desks, uh, conference rooms as well, very professional HD cameras. Like, it's like a really nice office without the free food. Uh, free food is for the people listening is very common in you know Facebook and Google and things like that. But yeah, it's a really really nice office that they give to start for free. And it's uh, based in Old Group. And your team, are you looking to bring everyone back into the office and, and build a team of humans out? Or um, are you going to keep some of the work from home session? That's, that's what we were hoping. Um, the thing is, well, if our team's too big now, because it is meant for early stage startups at the uh, seed stage. And we're in that weird phase where we're like a seed company and we're now gearing up to be a series A company where we're you know making uh, lots and lots of money a month so that we can justify a bigger round. So... We might go back there, or we might um, move into another office. Uh, it, it, it depends on how, how large we grow over the next six months. Sure. So let's talk about that. What's, um, what's next? What does the next six, 12, uh, 24 months have in store for audio? I mentioned Series A, um, but what else is potentially in the pipeline that you'd want to talk about today? Yeah, so the I guess the next milestone is to kind of let the cat out of the bag, so to speak, in terms of what we've been doing because we've been doing a lot of research in 2020. We had a beta, uh, the secret launch of our advertising platform. And there's lots of research that, that are coming out. And I can give you little snippets, such as an audio ad can increase click-through rate up to, well, north of a thousand percent. Like there's some crazy, crazy stuff that we've been doing with these clients. And uh, the next milestone is to do our next PR run, which starts next week, actually. Uh, letting the industry know that we're here, we've got clients, case studies, we, we have a platform that can reach a billion players that works. And then it's scaling revenue to uh, the point where we can start having those uh, Series A conversations. So the the first, well, the, minim, the minimum uh, that we want to get to is 40000 a month in monthly recurring revenue. Then the next um, uh, typical benchmark of a Series A uh, company is 100000 a month reoccurring revenue and we're you know well on the way to that um so yeah the, the idea is to kind of get to that by the end of this half and then start those prospective conversations with, with our series a investors um like closer to the end of the year 
and the raised size will be anywhere between 10 and 20 million. And the reason that the um, the range is so uh, is so wide is there's two fact well there's three factors. One is the kind of clients that end up onboarding this year um, as we scale. The second one is I have no idea what COVID is going to do to the world, whether the lockdown is going to be extended or not. And the third one is the, uh, the economic impact of COVID last year, because we, we believe that hasn't started yet. So when we, when we take those three things into account, we'll know how much we're going to raise, and that's the next milestone. Mm, I firmly believe it hasn't started yet. I, I think most do. And I think we're going to see um, some uh, things that we haven't seen before when it comes to economic recovery, because we can't really compare this to a recession. Recessions is usually a catastrophic financial event. Uh, everyone's worse off and then we recover slowly. But this one, you've got a load of people stuck in their house for a long period of time that just are really going to miss life and miss spending money. So the consumer behavior is going to be very, very fascinating. Uh, yeah. And it's something unprecedented and, and it's, it's something to watch. I kind of predict we're going to see uh, a lot of pent-up demand um, for stuff and, and that's going to see a, a surge in the economy but we'll hit uh, some more painful stuff further down the road and all that yeah lovely yeah. talk the double dip recession type scenarios but uh, hey you've done very well to navigate the the shit so far so i think you guys will be absolutely fine moving forward i must say uh christian i i love to look at the brand and i'm really happy that you uh came back to us to come on to here because it epitomizes exactly the type of you know 2020 entrepreneur story uh that we want to hear really it, it's inspiring and the whole idea of this podcast is to tap into what actually is happening behind the scenes um when you know early stage startups are, are putting their business together especially in this strange uh, in in these strange times but also to inspire people who are still living through a whole um, amount of disruption to do the same in in 2021 moving forward on that note, I mean, you're a very inspiring guy, uh, Christian. Uh, would you be happy for people to reach out to you seeking a little bit of advice? There would be entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's two ways they can uh, ways they can reach out. The first way is directly on LinkedIn. Uh, that that's that's pretty much where I spend most of my social media time. And um, we've also got a mentorship scheme as well uh, that me and my co-founder are running uh, in the company. Um, you can read up about it um, uh, on, on on our website. Um, we we get everyone from interns, people looking for how to get work experience, to graduates, on, uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, so we do have a, a mentorship team as well. Amazing. And final words of the day, Christian? I would say final words of the day for uh, any entrepreneur uh, looking to kind of navigate this. It sounds cliche, but it quite literally is all about persistence. Um, what you're what you're hearing right now, uh, you know that, that our companies raise money. I mean, you're, you're hearing all the good stuff, but it did take quite literally two like, like two years to develop myself as the entrepreneur to persuade these investors, sell the story, and things like that. So um, as long as you are persistent, you'll eventually reach the goal. That's without a doubt. Here, here, Mr. Christian Facey, that was uh, a fascinating story, and I really uh, am looking forward to keeping an eye on. Uh, on your progress uh, through the years ahead and look forward to speaking again. But for now, thank you very much, sir, and uh, best of luck. Thank you.
Awesome. Thanks for having me, Ben. Cheers. Well, thanks so much to Christian. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed participating in it. Really impressive guy, very warm, very inspiring. And the way in which Christian looks at the markets and entrepreneurship is fascinating. And I'm taking a lot from it. You know, the foresight that he has and the network he has around him has enabled him to really pivot and nimbly adjust to everything that's happened in the last 12 months. Geniusly simple concept. I bet there are people all over the advertising industry, the audio industry, if you can call it that, that are kicking themselves that they didn't think of this geniusly simple concept. But you know what? Christian did, and Christian has put together an amazing company, and he's executing it really, really well. And this company's going to be big. You're going to be hearing these adverts stream to you whilst you're on a mobile game. And I am really looking forward to seeing this company get well on its way to that unicorn status. If you want to reach out to Christian, uh, as I said, hit him up on LinkedIn. Christian Facey, spelt like how it sounds. Get over to Audio Mob, very cool brand, audiomob.io. And ensure you tune in next week for another 2020 Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for listening so far. I know it's only second episode, but I appreciate it. I really do. Please, please, please hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much. Join us next week for another 2020 Entrepreneur.